I'm Gabby Hi, I'm Emily Fennigan. Hi, it's Keith Bradshaw. Hi, this is Holly Evans. And I'm Ben Hook. In conjunction with Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation, this is Hooked on Sport. Thanks for listening in to Hooked on Sport, your virtual sports club. This is episode number 16, and before I introduce today's guest, a reminder, we're delivering the latest updates on what you need to know about the return to sport. Things are changing in a hurry, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest episodes. Today, we chat to Dennis Meredith. He's the man behind perhaps SA's most successful sports club of the last 20 years, the Port Adelaide District Hockey Club. Their women's team is quite remarkable, having played in the last 19 straight grand finals for 14 premierships. Dennis is their current president and long-standing committee representative, navigating the Magpies through not only the last 40 years, but also the last two months when hockey, like everything else, ground to a standstill. He joins me next. Hi, this is Jeff Trudinsky from the Aussie Spirit, and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. Dennis Meredith, great to have you here at Hooked on Sport. Thanks for the opportunity to have a word with you. Dennis, the Port Adelaide Magpies Hockey Club being one of South Australia's most successful sporting clubs for so many years. How does the president deal with uh, not being able to have success because you can't play? Oh, well, you've always got to have a plan B and uh, it, it has been difficult Um and uh, I think we've managed pretty well through the whole process and are still managing well. And uh, there's now light at the end of the tunnel and training tomorrow night. Training tomorrow night. Now, that, that's a small step, but a very exciting one for your members, I imagine. Yes, it is. Very much so. So um, that uh, uh, has really got, uh, I think, the enthusiasm up at this stage and uh, um, we'll just wait and see. It, it, it'll be an experiment tomorrow night uh, with our Premier League uh, squads to start off with, men and women, and if that all works out okay, uh, senior teams, masters and juniors uh, starting next week. If I can just ask about your Premier League women and men for a moment, anyone who knows anything about hockey in South Australia will know that your Premier League women have been just completely dominant of the competition for the last 20 years but a bit of an asterisk at the moment. You hold neither the current premiership title for women or men. Has there been a fair bit of, how could I say, uh, you know, extra levels of motivation for your members uh, heading into season 2020? Well, 2020, was we were looking to have a really big season. You know, Our, our women have played in 19 consecutive um, grand finals. They've won 14 premierships, seven in a row, uh, up until um, two years ago, and Adelaide with the better side last year and uh, beat us in the grand final. It's just an outstanding record. Um, and we've got uh, Sarah Harrison that's played in all grand finals, all 19 grand finals. And our men are, have been close to the mark. Um, we did the double a couple of years ago, men and women. Uh, but we were looking at 2020 as being another repeat of the double again. So has it been difficult to sort of keep their uh, passion burning while we've had to deal with this delay? I think it has. I th- you know, the guys have been dead keen. When I say guys, both the boys and the girls, mm. they've been dead keen to be, be on the pitch. They've been doing individual stuff across the road on the um, the, ter- uh, the 
EP nasal reserve on the grass, but that's not the same as having a, a stick and ball having a, a crash around. Um, but we've had we've had a, another really good motivation for them to to stay in in touch with the club because after we got our um, new change room facility, we then had to do upgrades inside the club, and that involved uh, knocking out walls and everything to utilise the old two change rooms there and we've been able to capture the the members in that project from a volunteer point of view they've had still had ongoing connection with the club it's been terrific for our social media and there's there's that real sense of um, things are really happening at the club even though we're not on the pitch it's interesting you say that, and you, you mentioned Sarah Harrison, who's played in 19 straight grand finals and been a wonderful servant of the sport, not just for Port Adelaide, but for South Australia as well. But I keep a bit of an eye on her social media. We're pretty good mates uh, through our respective working careers. Um, and I noticed that you've had a lot of your members in the old-fashioned working bee, Dennis, knocking out walls and painting and all those sorts of little jobs that uh, often in this modern era you, you pay people to do professionally, but you've had your members in there getting their hands dirty. Absolutely. That's that's the culture of the club. Um, and it always has been. I, you know, I've been there a long time, but the, work, the old-fashioned working bees – we we still have them basically on an annual basis, beginning of the season to clean up and all that sort of thing. Make and uh, but this one's a really big job, and the amount of tradies and experts we've been able to garnish from within the club has just been amazing. And uh, they've had fun down there, you know, um, slapping a bit of paint at each other's face and all that sort of thing from distance. And uh, so it, it's 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 a sort of um, uh, unusual situation where there's nothing going on out in the pitch but everyone's still enjoying themselves and um, we've been able to carry on with that work because it's um, uh, quite legitimate that we're doing um, uh, you know, renovations which have nothing to do with um, sport. Dennis, that's a bit of a discussion about your your players. Just talk a little bit about what's happened around the club off the pitch and with administration, I'm particularly interested uh, in a couple of little, I guess, unique concepts that you've come up with. Firstly, tell me about the Magpie family and what that has meant to the club. Oh, I think the Magpie family is it's been so so powerful in um, what has happened um, because we had to immediately um, once everything was cancelled, we immediately had to get together um, as a as a board and uh, completely uh, stripped down everything we'd done and had approved at an annual general meeting only two months before. And um, uh, that meant um, going through each line of our um, costs and everything, um, adjusting all those so that stopping um, costs that we knew weren't um, uh, going to be used um, and... uh, Doing all that sort of stuff, and we also had to make a application to the council for the waiving of a payment of a significant amount of money for our turf replacement, which um, is paid each year, sixteen grand each year. Um, that was the big elephant in the room, and they, the Port Council, Port Enfield Council, superb in dealing with that, and it's been waived because um, we can just add that onto the end of our. Um, uh, period of that particular fund. 
Um, so th- what then happened was that we adjusted our fees to um, take account of we wouldn't need the fees that were fixed to start off with. And the response we got from members, there was not one member of the club disagreed with any of that and were more than happy to pay a minimal fee. But but more than that, we then got all of our, we got people we hadn't seen for five, ten years coming back pay, play, paying their non-playing membership, making donations and um, offering to help here and there. And that's the thing of the culture of the club. It's a family-based club and always has been. And we got all. We've got so many people back, overseas, interstate, um, joining specifically to help out the club in 2020. Just amazing. Can I ask you uh, also about? You came up with the concept of a club survival fee. Brilliant in theory, but what were the practical manners in which you could, I guess, sell that to the club in a manner that they were happy to contribute? Well, what we did was worked out what money we needed to survive if there was no um, uh, competition at all this year. And we split the fee into two sections. One, the the playing, the, the membership fee, which was a basic $40, relatively cheap. And then for senior players, we said, we, we need another $60 from you. And that will keep you going until we know what goes on. We will then, um, so the and that was uh, also uh, prorated down whether you know concessions for uni students and that sort of thing and juniors. So it went from the survival fee from sixty to forty to thirty-five, thirty, etc. Um, and the fact is that they'd already started training. They'd, they'd had a two-month pre-season anyway, so we'd also we'd already incurred. Um, costs, you know, electricity, water and all those sorts of things um, for a couple of months. So we needed some recompense of that. We've then said that once we are able to fix fees for the rest of the season, when we know what the competition is, that will be deducted from that uh, new set of fees. So they won't lose out anything, but what they've been able to do is give the money to the club at this stage so we can keep operating. Now, we're in a, a pretty... Um, good position from a financial point of view. We haven't got a lot of money, but we're we're managing very well with what we've got. And that was as a result of, that's how we fixed that. And we were able to sell it to the members and not only the members, but past members, etc. cetera. And uh, that, that's just been amazing uh, to just to see how strong the club is um, and the culture of the club. Let's take a short break to hear from John Mannion at the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation. The present situation can increase our anxiety, which is completely normal and understandable. To try and reduce some of this anxiety by practicing our breathing or deep muscle relaxation techniques, maybe some mindfulness or even dancing, singing or maybe even yoga. And now back to the show. I'm talking to Dennis Meredith, the president of the Port Adelaide Magpies Hockey Club. Dennis, tell me about a couple of young Henley High students who wanted to get into the hockey program but have been dealt with what's a fairly significant challenge. They couldn't do any practice. Uh, How did you facilitate some uh, opportunities for them? 
Oh, yeah. Well, it was a situation where, where Henley Hired were doing their um, practical um, uh, assessments of players that are applying for the uh, sports, the hockey program at the Henley High School. And we've got a number of players that um, wanted to get into that. And I got some murmurs around that a couple of um, kids were as nervous as hell. They hadn't touched a hockey stick since um, uh, last season. They don't know how they're going to go. So what I did, I, I arranged, as we could under the old direction, for them to come in either with um, one of their parents, who's a, a hockey player as well, or one of their mates, um, because I've been at the ground every day um, uh, with the upgrading of the the club rooms, and they were able to hit around for half an hour, 45 minutes, and um, at least get the feel of what the hockey stick was like again. And I think that, that made a big difference to those kids uh, from a confidence point of view, and I don't know the results. They've already had their practical now, and um, I think that all went well. But that was just... Just an example of how I saw that there was a problem there and I was able to fix it without any problem at all um, and still be fully compliant with uh, what we were allowed to do. So um, that's just one example of um, what I've been able to... And we've had another situation where a couple of our coaches were doing the, the Level 3 coaching course. They had to do a video and then all everything stopped. I was able to arrange for... Two players and a, and the coach with a um, uh, standalone um, video going, and they were able to do drills, um, practicing social distancing and everything like that. So that was another example where the pressure was taken off those particular people who were concerned about their level three um, assignment. Port Adelaide District Hockey Club must have some fairly talented marketing people uh, on the books there, Dennis. Tell us about the hashtag you came up with, support. Yeah, well, it's a play on the words port, obviously, but um, uh, what we got our... We've got a couple of really good people um, uh, doing our social media, uh, uh, Crystal Morrison and Tess Mays, and uh, they they came up with the the idea of um, putting a hashtag on... um, Anything was going on, and and that's and we, we got a um, another um, part where members were able to um, put a add to their photo, their Facebook photo, um, a uh, another image um, saying that uh, we were a member of the club, etc. So uh, uh, a proud member, I think it, I forget what it is now, but it, um, they're all over the place now. So. That that's uh, our social media has been amazing. Um, the the interaction amongst the um, the club members and it hasn't all been social stuff. We, we've had our physio doing live uh, sessions um, uh, for members who are just um, dialed in, um, and we've had uh, other coaching stuff. Uh, put on and there's all these sort of competitions that are going on all the time, some crazy, some not so crazy. Um, So it's been very, very active off the field, um, whether it um, be as volunteers or whether it be social media or whatever. It's been good, really, really good.
You've mentioned uh, returning to training, which uh, happens tomorrow night. So we're talking on uh, Monday, May 11th. So that'll be May 12th, your Premier League women and men uh, back in action from a training perspective. From a South Australian hockey side of things, how do you see the progress towards returning to play and returning to competition? Well, I actually said about two months ago that I predicted about the 4th of July. And if things go the way they're going at this stage, I think, I won't be too far off, but um, that was a sort of guess um, a couple of months ago. I think that, uh, but a lot's got to happen for that to come to fruition because we don't know what teams we've got at this stage. We don't know what player dropout we have. We will have to go back to our membership and see exactly who now wants to play a restricted season we will then have to put fresh nominations into Hockey SA. There'll have to be fresh grading. Uh, the fixtures will then have to be done, and there's a consultation process in all of this. So for that to happen, it takes, a, I would think, a minimum of four weeks. So if we get the all clear, and that, that would mean that we would then have four weeks of pre-season, which I think is absolutely necessary yeah. because um, hockey is a very athletic sport where you need to be very fit and for to expose athletes to straight into a competition without any proper preparation I think is fraught with danger so that's the sort of timetable I think I would like to see about four weeks uh, once we get the date four weeks from there hopefully get competition and then that will give everyone four weeks of solid pre-season. We've already done one pre-season and that's all wasted. Mm -hmm. So um, not wasted, but essentially uh, they won't be at the same peak of thickness. They were ready to start um, on the Saturday before it was called off on the Tuesday. So um, that's all got to be repeated. Uh, are you expecting, very difficult for you to speak on behalf of other clubs, but from a Port Adelaide perspective, are you expecting to see less teams participate than perhaps what you were originally planning? I think I think there will be less teams. Um, the uh, In the, um, uh, what might be termed the social um, part of hockey in the the Div 4, Div 5, Div 6, they really enjoy their hockey. But some, we're getting mixed messages at the moment. People are still a bit edgy about coming back, playing full competitive stuff. And if it's only going to be a couple of months, they'll say, oh, I'll give it a minute and we'll come back next season. I think the majority of players will want to play. But for instance, we, we lost seven, seven players from Henley High who were exchange students from Germany. They flew back on a charter flight. So that's virtually half a team that's gone bang, just like that. Mm. <laughs> so, um, and there are others that we, and we, we don't know what the commitments of people are going to be. You know, people out of jobs may be get, getting back into jobs and they might have to work at weekends. Uh, all really difficult and it's um, uh, it, it's hard to estimate at this stage. I, I, I would hope that we will only drop a couple of teams maximum uh, I'd like to retain them all, but I think being a realist, I think we may have to drop uh, one men and one women's side, but we'll wait and see. Juniors, that's really, uh, I really don't have got no hold on that. We had a really good start to the season with juniors, and um, 
I just hope they re-engage again next week. What about mental well-being? Has that been uh, a focus of uh, a part of your club to make sure your players are engaged and connected over the course of uh, the, the last couple of months that we've had, even though they haven't been able to gather at the club? Absolutely. And I, I keep my eye on uh, social media and on occasions there may be the the odd posts which I have a bit of a concern about and I'll immediately make contact with the people and or the person and say, you okay? You know, do you want me to give you a call? Um, and we've got other people that are also keeping uh, tabs on that sort of situation. Uh, it becomes really important because we, we really, it's once again, it's one of those areas very difficult to get a hold on, particularly um, when people don't um, uh, come out and um, uh, want to talk about things. And, uh, you know, there's been a couple of, well, there's been three, four incidents, not incidents, but situations where um, I've um, taken the trouble to uh, to actually make the phone call. And it's all been good. It's all been good. So, uh, and they've appreciated um, the contact. And uh, I see that as a leadership role on my part. And um, certainly our management committee um, are uh, well aware of the different groups around the place and they're in constant contact um, with uh, with all their teammates. How long have you been involved with uh, Port Adelaide District Hockey Club now for Dennis? Just starting to learn the ropes, I think, aren't you? Yeah, I started there in 1957. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've virtually been involved with all the projects that have been there right from the start. Uh, I was, you know, when I was overseas for 10 years with the International Federation, uh, I was still um, even involved then, advising about turfs and what sort of things. When we went to the from the sand to the uh, the wet uh, back in two thousand and two, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, well. Someone asked me the question. I said, "Oh, the club's you know part of my DNA." Yeah. <laughs> Brought up in Rosewater and uh, always been a port person and very proud of it. Dennis, fascinating to chat. Uh, it's an incredible club. You've been an incredible part of it. We thank you for your time to chatting to us here at Hooked on Sport. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a good day. Hi, I'm Bruce McAvaney, and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. Dennis is so much more than just an administrator, a former Australian player and international umpire who has dedicated his life to the sport at both the elite and grassroots levels. Last year, he was appointed as a member of the Order of Australia, recognising his significant service to hockey at all levels. He is truly a great South Australian. That's the Tomahawk on episode 16. Thanks for listening. As always, our gratitude to Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation with support from Business SA and SA Health. Hooked on Sport is on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So feel free to shoot us a note. Let us know how your club is doing as we return to sport. Thanks to Ben Watson, who wrote and recorded the musical intro to Hooked on Sport, and to the show's producers, Wallace Long and Desiree McMahon. Be kind to one another. We'll see you soon at Hooked on Sport.